everybody. Welcome back to the Conscious Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Mary Vallarta. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. I'm so happy you found me and the podcast. And if you're a returning listener, so happy to have you back. I really appreciate you coming and listening to the content that I create. Um, Because I have you in mind when I create this. So thank you for being here. Today, I am super excited to get into the talk that I had with Kit Maloney of Katara. Kit is a wealth of information when it comes to anything and everything yoni-seeming, which is the topic of the conversation that we had together. For those of you who don't know, yoni-seeming is a practice or a ritual where you use steam and herbs to cleanse and detoxify your womb space. And this is a practice that has been utilized for many, many thousands of years. Um, It is an ancient practice that has sort of just gotten lost in our modern time here in the West. But thankfully to our Black and Indigenous communities, we are getting back to it. We are getting introduced to it so that we can reap the countless benefits that yoni steaming provides to us. What is yoni? That is something that we are going to get into in the talk with Kit, but to give you just a brief um, explanation, yoni just refers to your womb, right? And this is more applicable to those of us who are natural female-born women who were born with our womb space. And again, we'll talk about the specifics of of what that womb means. Um, We get into so many things in this conversation. We talk about what yoni steaming really is, what's the difference between yoni steaming and vaginal steaming, the history of yoni steaming. We talk about the benefits of yoni steaming, whether that has to do with regulating your menstrual cycle, reducing the amount of pain that you experience during PMS, um, the benefits when it comes to ailments like um, fibroids or PCOS, the benefits that it has when it comes to fertility, how to use yoni steaming to enhance your fertility, right? When to yoni steam, when not to yoni steam, how to yoni steam, anything and everything yoni steam we talk about in this episode, as well as the history of yoni steaming, which I have to give you guys a warning, um, could be triggering. So if you are not in the proper headspace and heart space to listen to um, very difficult content when it comes to talking about the history of modern day gynecology, then I suggest that you just skip through that. And and Kit gives us a warning of when that is about to happen. Um, but anyway, rather than me tell you about our conversation, let's just go into it right now. Here is my talk with Kit Maloney of Katara. Hey, it's Mary. Part of Aging Beautifully is having rituals that care for your whole health from the inside out. That's why I created Conscious Beauty Rituals, which is my personal line of natural and organic oils, herbal teas, gua sha's, and other self-care tools that I personally use to maintain my health and beauty from the inside out. Everything on Conscious Beauty Rituals has been formulated or selected by me to ensure the highest quality standards when it comes to clean, effective, natural, and non-toxic products. 
Visit ConsciousBeautyRituals.com to start your own conscious beauty practice. Listeners get an exclusive 10% off their first purchase by using the code CONSCIOUS. Again, that's ConsciousBeautyRituals.com and use code CONSCIOUS to get 10% off your first purchase. Now let's get back to our conversation. All right, Kit. Well, let's go ahead and dive right in. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. It's an honor to have you here. Mary, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Yay. So let's go for it right away. What is yoni steaming? Great. So yoni steaming is an ancient practice that is re-emerging as something that lots of us modern women are bringing into our self-care and our menstrual and uterine care practices. And what yoni steaming involves is really sitting safely over heated water. That's it at its most basic premise. We can add in certain herbs to help specific ailments, but basically yoni steaming is a way of supporting the natural cleanse of the uterus so that we work at root causes of many menstrual ailments particularly stagnation, so that we can have this really beautiful, complete monthly uterine cleanse, which we often refer to as our period or our monthly bleed. Mm. And that is in its essence what yoni steaming is. Wow. So is this different from vaginal steaming? Is there a difference between the term yoni? Only in terms of of the language that you choose. So Vaginal steaming and yoni steaming and pelvic floor steaming and womb steaming steaming, um, and even lingam steaming are all really the same thing. It's just how we choose different terms to talk about it. So I use yoni steaming a lot um, for a variety of reasons, but no term I believe is perfect. So, and all terms are welcome. (laughs) Um, So let me just start with yoni steaming because it's the one that I speak most to. Yoni is an ancient Sanskrit word that means um, sacred gateway. Mm. And it's also a word that really encompasses the entirety of the womb space. Um, And I not only mean that in that it includes the vulva and the labia and the clitoris and the vaginal canal and the cervix and the uterus itself, but it also includes the emotional energetic of that space, the spiritual connection of that space. Mm -hmm. And so it's a term that's able to hold a lot for us, which is part of its appeal to me. The vaginal steaming is also a term that's used a lot. And that's a great term too, because it really helps explain what it is. Um, So the vaginal steaming though, vagina is an Latin word in origin, and it means sheath um, for a sword. Um, And that carries with it all sorts of different patriarchal notions (laughs) and limitations. And I tend to sort of therefore orient away from that word. Um, The other reason to sort of have that word be in consideration when it comes to a steam practice is because the steam is really able to reach far beyond just the vaginal canal. Um, And so When I say that the steam is really helping the outer area of our genitalia, our vulva, um, as well as maybe there's debate, we'd love to study it more, but it might be breaking through the cervix. It certainly is activating things on the other side of the cervix. Um, I just know that from my own lived experience and the lived experience of now hundreds of women that I've counseled through consultations with steaming. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So those are sort of the pros and cons of saying vaginal steaming. Pelvic floor is a great one, except for me, then that doesn't necessarily denote um, what's happening in the interior. Um, you know, once we get above that pelvic floor right. and all the health and healing there. And then lingam steaming um, is really rooted in steaming male-bodied people. And this is something that has also happened apparently for thousands of years um, is an ancient practice, something I am not as familiar with, certainly not trained in the way I am trained in steaming for female bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something I'm super keen and interested in. And the early um, anecdotal evidence shows that there's incredible ways in which we can access certain acupuncture points and meridians through the steam, um, as well as helping men and male-bodied people really feel into the connectiveness of their second chakra mm-hmm. in a way that we don't often provide for them in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, of course, something that's happening with the steaming that female-bodied people are doing as well. It goes far beyond the physical, though the physical support of it is so powerful in and of itself. Wow. Thank you for that very extensive explanation. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. And I'm with you. I, I think that using the term yoni just make sure that you encapsulate everything. So I like that term. You don't miss out on anything. And then I had no idea that there was steaming for male-bodied people as well. Mm -hmm. So that's something new for me (laughs) that I didn't know existed. (laughs) And just by listening to how you're describing the steam come up and, and looking at it from more of a sensation point of view, it does the steam relax the muscles, relax the tissues, um, and, and, and then allows your body to like expel anything that it needs to expel? Yes, exactly. Okay. You're really getting at the crux of really your most opening question of what yoni steaming is. And now we're sort of bridging into how it works. Um, and so what it is, is sitting over the heated water. Oftentimes that water is heated with certain herbs the water and the herbs are partnering together to do just what you're talking about, to allow for the relaxation and then the subsequent release. And that's why we see yoni steaming being beneficial to people for a variety of reasons, because it's the stagnation, the lack of full release that is the root cause of so many menstrual ailments in particular. Um, And so they range to quite an extent from much, if not all of our premenstrual symptoms are simply based in stagnation. Um, We're feeling the lower back pain, we're feeling the cramping, we're feeling even the exhaustion because our uterus is using her tool, one of many, but the cramp um, to try to expel what needs to be released. What's probably been there for a cycle or many, many, many cycles prior um, because we can have the stagnation build up over years if we're not having that complete monthly cleanse. So it makes sense that we would be experiencing this pain in the body with steaming. We can invite in that support of the uterus and sort of be in dialogue with her saying, Hey, we're going to help you to release with more gentleness and ease through the steam and through the herbs so that maybe you don't have to use your tool here as strongly and as robustly. And that's what we see once we clear out that stagnation, there is no reason for her to cramp. She doesn't, wow. need to. she doesn't cramp just to cramp. She cramps 
to be as helpful as possible. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and I, I think that a lot of us, myself included, um, look at as cramping as, oh, why does my body have to do this? It's actually doing it for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let's find out what that reason is so she, that she doesn't have to do that. Exactly. I loved that shift in my perspective with it too, because, you know, in our culture, we have endless jokes and jabs around, you know, around this time of the month, quote unquote. Um, And really it is such a beautiful and literal life-giving time of the month. Um, And we can really, when we bring in that reverence to the body, to our room space, it has been the shift where I myself started to see, wow, all of this time I have been thinking about this in this realm of like nuisance to frustration, to betrayal of my body, Mm -hmm. um, where actually the STEAM practice has been one that's really helped me reconnect to that deeper truth that everything in our body is working in service for us. And we're here to be in relationship with her so that that can coalesce in the most healthy and vibrant ways for us to navigate our life, but that she is our biggest ally. Mm -hmm. And so if there's times where we're experiencing a lot of pain and frustration, it really is this invitation to go deeper and to see how we can befriend rather than belittle or attack or try to work in um in juxtaposition with her rather than in a more symbiotic way I love that way of looking at it befriend and be kind to the pain right and Mm -hmm. and ask questions so Kit how did you get into all of this was were you always into health and women's health um how did how did this come about for you? <laughs> so thank you. This could be, you know, a question that I answer in a 200 page book someday, and <laughs> I will try to give <laughs> kind of a, a few minutes snapshot. Um, but I really, since I was a teenager, have been very curious and interested in how we expand the world to make it one that's safer for girls and women. Um, I was very involved on my college campus as an advocate for survivors and those folks navigating sexual assault. That work led me to get a master's degree in gender and social policy. And after that, I did a variety of different, totally unrelated to gender jobs. Um, But interestingly, in hindsight, many of them, if not all, had a lot of entrepreneurial connections within them. And so flash forward a couple of years after my master's degree, I was literally selling soft drinks, (laughs) um, all natural, premium, delicious tonic waters and ginger beers um, for a great company called Beaver Tree if you're looking for a good mixer. But um, I really had this, this moment where I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I love all these people and I love this product, but I know, I know in myself, in my body that I'm here to be working on expanding the world for women's health and safety. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I had this aha moment of orienting toward pleasure and Mm -hmm. that I really wanted to focus on the benefits of focusing pleasure as our North star when we think about our sexuality. And that was my journey in sort of the umbrella of sexuality and moving out of 
focusing on trauma and focusing on violence um, and sort of addressing those issues, but doing so with the orientation of pleasure and orgasm. Mm -hmm. And so I was in that piece of my journey, um, really standing for orgasm as healing and solo sex as a really beautiful practice to connect to the body, to expand our sexuality and to release, um, release pain and constriction from the body, um, both the physical body, the emotional body and the spiritual body. And it was in that container of work that I first learned about yoni steaming. Mm. And I was actually really skeptical about steaming, um, kind of with a bit of hilarity to it when you think about it, that I was already well down the rabbit hole of wonderful holistic health and healing modalities, traveled the world, worked with awesome people of all sorts of different backgrounds. Um, and some, there's something about yoni steaming that I was like, oh no, that's, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which thankfully did strike me as really odd pretty quickly. You know, I was driving home from this workshop um, and thinking, why am I so sort of spinning out about these women who were talking about steaming? Um, And so I did take that skepticism into curiosity and I booked a steam later that week. Mm. And I, Mary, I was just blown (laughs) away. (laughs) Like I just... I just couldn't get over that there was this practice that could be in so many ways so simple and in so many other ways so rich and powerful in its way of inviting us into the body with this gentleness and the pleasure and the ease. And I was really first rooted to it through feeling like it had helped me just shed some more layers of trauma and to reconnect me to divine feminine in this really powerful way. This was just within my first steam. And then I steamed a couple more times and realized that that next bleeding cycle for me, I had absolutely no pain. And I had been somebody who had been bleeding by that point for 20 years. And I knew my bleed would come on because of lower back pain and some mild Mm -hmm. cramping. That would be how I would know to sort of prepare the period products. Um, And so this time I was just completely caught off guard and I couldn't get over it because the only thing that had changed was the steaming. Mm -hmm. And so I continued to steam and I continued to really study it Mm -hmm. and took courses under Steamy Chick, all the courses she has has to offer. I devoured. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kelly Garza is a wonderful teacher for those who want to explore more. And, um, And then she said something to me Um, or that spoke to me in one of the modules, which was her belief that every house with a bleeding person in it should have a steam stool or a steam seat in it. Mm. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. I think this is my access point to helping this beautiful practice spread Um, because I myself had found this desire to have all the accoutrements for Mm -hmm. steaming to be really easy and safe and comfortable to do in my home. Mm -hmm. And the opportunity to start building and creating them and sharing them with the world was one I was super excited about. So I launched my company now called Katara and our home base is Mm kataralove.com. And we now make five handmade wooden seats and three steam pots and a bunch of different herbs and fun accessories to make the ritual and the ceremony that much more special, like candles and blankets and robes and all those goodies. So they're all so beautiful. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Love them. I'm definitely going to get one. 
Um, I just don't know which one. So I have to figure out which one I'm going to get. Um, it's the downside of now having five. It's, <laughs> it was much more simple when we just had the one. I hear you. <laughs> which one? <laughs> but I love how you have everything together where we don't have to think about what else do we need? It feels safe. It feels comfortable. Um, just by looking at it, obviously I haven't tried your products, but, but when I see them, it, it doesn't look painful or a nuisance to do. And it actually feels more of something that I'm excited to do once I have it. Yeah. Thank you so much for seeing that, that there's so much intentionality behind what we're creating that is directly focused on what you're speaking to this understanding that for this practice to spread, I think it has to be something that people feel really joyful and connected to doing safely at home mm -hmm. um, and creating the right products for that to be possible um, is a piece of it because we are really more likely to actually engage in a practice if we feel like we're held by whatever that routine looks like. So I actually use my yoga practice as a bit of a model here to mm -hmm. like, you know, when it comes down to it, you can start steaming at home with just a regular pot that you have in the kitchen, a yep. heat source and water. Um, and I have a video on that, how to steam without a yoni steam seat um, from the woman who makes yoni steam seats. You know, like I definitely want, want people to access the practice, whatever is right for them at that time in their life. Um, but what I find is that without a seat, you're less likely to actually do the practice. Right. Kind of like you're, when you get really into a yoga practice, you start realizing, do you need a mat? No, but mm -hmm. is there something about rolling out that mat and feeling like the practice is going to start and your hands, you know, you know where they're placed on that mat and yep. it just gives you that orientation and that groundedness that lets you really drop in. Yes. Um, and that's really important. And so the yoga mat is kind of the Yoni steam seat to me in the mm. steaming world. And then you can have the blankets be the blocks and the yep. robe be the yoga pants and right. all of that. <laughs> it becomes a ritual, like a sacred ritual at that point when you make things beautiful and intentional, which I think is what you've done with Katara. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So Kit, we talked about the benefits of yoni steaming when it comes to the menstrual cycle. Are there other benefits to it as well that go beyond that? You talked about how it, it for you, it feels like it also touches the other side of the cervix. Does it also become beneficial for fertility at that point or overall womb health that can help women with PCOS or endometriosis? Yeah, exactly. So the short answer is yes, the healing goes well beyond the more traditional PMS symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, and it does focus in this issue of how do we support cleansing of the uterus of what is no longer of service. Mm -hmm. And that has a far reaching range of possibility for healing. So absolutely steaming helps balance the cycle. So we can take a short cycle, something that's 27 days or much, much shorter and use specific herbs and specific times of your cycle to steam so that we can work you back to bleeding more consistently towards the 28 plus days. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and that's really a way of supporting the body through rejuvenating herbs, through gentle steams, so that what's being released can allow for the longer cycles, which often always carry with it a more balanced hormonal flow, mm. um, which is going to help with really everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as you know, with skin, skin is so hormonal, right? So yes. everything from skin to then, of course, things like fertility. Yes. Um, we can balance the cycle through lots of folks have missing periods or really, really long stretches of time that go by. Mm-hmm. It can be, you know, 33, 35 days, but then some, some folks aren't bleeding really more than a couple of times a year. And so yeah. we can bring back that regularity with the steam using different herbs, using different times of the month to steam, but to clear the stagnation that's causing the blockages from the resistance to um, bleed monthly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are, those are some of the ways that then get at why steaming can be so helpful for fertility, I believe, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the best way to support your fertility is to support your balanced menstrual cycle. And so if you're really focused on that root issue, like how do we have a truly vibrant menstrual cycle that includes the ovulation and that includes the full cleanse of the bleed, then we're setting you up, we're priming your fertility. And I think that um, it's also always there's an energetic component here. Um, And I think when it comes to folks on their fertility journeys, which I was for a long time, um, to me, at least I felt like a long time um, before now I am actually sitting here 37 weeks pregnant, which is (laughs) why if I'm appearing a little bit winded, (laughs) is the case. Um, and who, and for lots of the people I speak to, the other aspect of steaming that's really important for fertility is that it's a way of engaging with your room space in softness and gentleness mm-hmm. and gratitude. And if you're struggling on a fertility journey, those are rare moments, actually. We are often dropped back into that place of thinking that the body is working against us, not for us, mm-hmm. that there's something that's broken that needs to be fixed. And the STEAM practice is one that, as I say, brings with it all these tremendous benefits, but also is something that you're engaging with that, you know, I'm just compelled just like roll my shoulders down and and through my back just by thinking about it. Like, it's just, it's relaxing. You drop in, you connect, and you can unearth some of the emotional blockages we might be carrying Mm -hmm. around that as well which is really really powerful yeah Um, sounds like it do you ever get or work with women who perhaps like cry during this this oh my gosh yeah my first steam I absolutely was crying yeah (laughs) Um, and and often the emotional release can be overwhelming at times Um, and and so we hold that and we invite people to connect to their inherent safety through that because it can be really surprising mm-hmm. that when we step back when we zoom out actually I think it makes a lot of sense because again we can go decades without having set aside 10 to 30 minutes to just connect to yeah. our room space through love right you know, not through an expectation of anything let alone an expectation to do something for somebody else 
Um, and so this is a really powerful time where lots of women in particular come forth and say, like, I just didn't realize I had been so absent from this level of connection with this important mm-hmm. part of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the invitation to go deeper with that relationship and connection. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Do, have you found any research or perhaps from your own personal work by working with women, um, have you found that yoni steaming has actually delayed the um, the coming of menopause? Um, has, has that? Yeah, so that is, that is one of the next aspects that is so great to talk about the ways in which steaming can support. Um, so I'm not sure delayed would be the word I would use, but what I would say is that, cause I'm not sure I've thought about it from that, <laughs> that angle, but yeah. I would say that, you know, at its core steaming is helping again to support the balance cycle mm-hmm. and we can really come into in perimenopause, these imbalances. Mm-hmm. And so while you're steaming through perimenopause, you can sustain the balance and then when you're experiencing symptoms of the transition, mm-hmm. really excess heat in the body, we can use specific cooling herbs and specific times to steam so mm-hmm. that you get to navigate that transition while being really in connection to your womb, to your yoni mm-hmm. from a place of love right. and from a place where you're really supporting the release of some of the known and spoken of pain points around that yeah. time. Yes. So... Um, and what I do see is that it's a little counterintuitive to think to steam to release heat, right? So I right, get that. Right. Um, but when we are seeing symptoms of hot flashes and night sweats, we're able to steam for shorter periods of time and to use the cooling herbs to bring moisture into the body, send moisture up into the yoni. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helps us cool down and release any stagnation that's actually causing the excess heat. Mm. Um, and the other aspect of steaming around this time in one's life journey is that talk about being a counter offering to everything else out there. Yeah, <laughs> This is something that, again, is celebrating the transitions of your body. It mm. is inviting you inward with reverence. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, we don't get to see and dialogue around that very much when we're talking about the phases of perimenopause and menopause these days. And so it has been something that has been so appreciated. Just even the acknowledgement, the amount of times it's such a privilege for me to be able to acknowledge for women making these transitions. Mm -hmm. This is an important, powerful, and potent time in their life. Um, And that they are merging into and even more connected sovereign being Um, and they are valuable and can help lead us and have their own and sometimes even more beautiful and expanded connection to the cosmos through the moon cycles because once you're on the other side of bleeding you also can steam whenever you want (laughs) where there are some times in your bleeding years where you're um, we should cover that too, where there are times where it's contraindicated. Yes, so yes. I hold a little bit of like excitement and even some jealousy toward our, toward our older folks who are holding so much wisdom. And then I'm like, you can just steam whenever you're called to <laughs> <laughs> any full moon, any new moon, anytime. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think about that too sometimes. But it's so great to hear you share that with us because it seems to me that that could be such a stressful time for a lot of women. Um, and bringing it back to the work that I do, which is you know helping slow down the the symptoms, like more of the, yeah, like the symptoms of aging so that we can live with vitality and longevity, you know, a lot longer. It seems like this is a great way, as you mentioned, to help women in those transitional areas so they don't have to feel the unnecessary stress because they're supporting their womb, they're supporting their bodies. And so they don't have to go through all the unnecessary um, I guess ailments that one would go through, you know, you lose a lot of nutrients, you lose a lot of sleep, you lose a lot of, I feel like yourself, even at that point, because you're going through so many different ups and downs. And so this to me is a great way to, to supplement and support your womb during that time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, beautifully said. I just want to, Mary, just hit on a few things that you um, beautifully have mentioned, but I didn't get a chance to yeah, go. Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Um, which is just, you mentioned PCOS, um, and I also just include in that fibroids and endometriosis. Yes. Um, all of those, really, there's a root cause stagnation issue happening, and that's why we believe that steaming can be so powerfully helpful mm-hmm. with the release and healing from fibroids, cysts, and endometriosis. So that's another vertical of help that is um, important to name. And with all of this, I do advise people to work with a trained and trusted um, and potentially certified practitioner. Um, I say trained and trusted because we do have incredible folk healers who might not have a certification that I do, but they absolutely, but it's because they don't need one because they've been trained through through their lineage. So it would be really silly to have them have my certification. Um, but somebody who can guide you with a steam schedule um, so that you're steaming on the right days for the right amount of time with the right herbs. Um, yeah. And that's really important. And then the other one, in addition to the sexual aliveness and the holistic health that we've spoken about a bit is postpartum care. Um, And so that's a huge reason to steam. I'm very excited to be close to that steaming time um, because it's a really great way to give the uterus a complete cleanse after um, the delivery of a baby um, and to set yourself up for really healthy periods afterwards. Yes. I mean, the womb has done some serious work after that. And for me, I, there was a point after I had given birth where I didn't have my period for a year. Um, And I didn't know about uni steaming at that point. So it's so important to know this information. Mm -hmm. Um, So happy that you're so skilled and knowledgeable about it now that you're about to go through the sacred time. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing this again. Um, I would I would love to go into more of the specifics about what age should women start to yoni steam? Um, is it, you know, right after they start bleeding? Yeah. So um, pretty much after you have your first bleed is a great time to start steaming. I do have 
friends and teachers who have super little ones and Mm -hmm. they're observant little ones and so (laughs) um, curious and precocious and eager so you know um I've had people reach out and say like my six-year-old just like really wants to steam and I'm like wait like put it on super gentle you know and make sure she's not steaming for more than a couple minutes but what a beautiful way to have her invited into her body you know so like anything else use lots of common sense and have you know I probably wouldn't recommend the use of any herbs and I'm sure the heat was super soft Mm -hmm. um and for the most part those little ones tend to like sit there and be like oh this feels so good and then get distracted and run off (laughs) my daughter yeah. <laughs> you totally want to do it if she sees But it's how so cool. It She'll see you do it and then be curious. And so I hear that a lot. And it's like, is that okay? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, it's here to start as a regular practice at the time where we start bleeding. And, and what's really amazing now is that we do have more and more stories of people who have started seeing younger and younger Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore they have prevented themselves from so many of the ailments oh. that we think of as being so normal, right? Like yes. they never had the buildup of stagnation. So it's like, I what is cramping, that. you know? <laughs> so yeah. what are regular cycles? <laughs> I love that. That's what I want yeah. from every girl and woman. Right. And seeming at that age too, because we are coming through a different hormonal shift and there are some actual normalities to having fluctuating cycles in the early bleeding years, right? Where sometimes we call that so common in our like 20s and 30s that we say it's normal. Whereas I would argue actually that it is common, but not normal. When we go into like the early teens, it's actually normal to have some more fluctuation than Mm -hmm. that standard 28-day-ish cycle. Um, But what's great is that steaming can help really have these younger women connected to their cycle in a way that so many of us weren't invited into um because you're an active participant with your womb about you know is this a good time to seem or not because to your other point i will speak to a moment about how important it is to steam in relationship to when you're bleeding Mm -hmm. um which i just look back on and think would have been so transformative if I had had this wisdom in my early teen and teen life. Um, what might that have done in terms of my understanding of the power of my body and opening up a deeper connection to my body long mm. before I had to sort of journey through being so disconnected that I had to come back, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it would have done wonders for me. I mean, for so long, I, I just looked at this as, oh, you know, three days of bleeding, great. Um, and I, I didn't really get the connection that now when I think about it, I wish I had with that essence of being a woman. Because to me, this is like the essence, the fun, you know, the ritual of being a woman and where it can start. And, 
And so now I'm just going through that journey. Um, and I'm excited to let my daughter into the fun. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let her in. <laughs> and then we can steam until, you know, we're ready to transition into the spirit realm. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's quite, quite a bunch of ages that we can steam. <laughs> yes. So, so you talked about times, um, like contraindicated times. What are those times when yeah. one shouldn't steam? So one time not to steam is when we are bleeding fresh red blood. So at this point, we are going through our uterine cleanse and the body is doing a lot and she's doing it on her own pace. And so we let her be and we can support her at that time with extra rest, extra nourishment, eating foods that are easier on the digestive system so that that digestive energy can be placed toward the womb so that we further support that cleanse. Um, and that's a key one. Another key one is to not steam when you're pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. because the, again, the whole purpose of steaming is to really help clear the contents of the uterus. And right. when we're, pregnant, we're looking to support the babe in the uterus. Yeah. Um, and so from there, when you're trying to conceive, we do ask that people don't steam in between ovulation or insemination and either the proof of pregnancy or the following bleed. Mm. Um, because again, that's that window of time where you're really looking to secure um, the contents of the uterus as they are. Got it. Um, and then, and I have um, a screening too, but um, of when not to steam, but... I want to pull up. Hold on. Yeah. One second. Of course. Um, so the other sort of overarching one, okay, would be the um, occurrence of spontaneous bleeding or bleeding in between periods. Mm. Um, this is when people are um, are having really short cycles and. We really want them working with a practitioner because steam can invite the bleed on. Um, And so if you're bleeding a lot throughout the month in an inconsistent way, we just don't want to have that steam um, exaggerate those symptoms. Mm. Um, So we work with specific protocols there. So it's not that you can't ever steam in that situation. It's just that we really want you to be mindful about how you're doing it in an elevated way. Got it. <laughs> um, so, yes. and, then, and then similarly, extremely hot weather um, is one where you want to just be mindful. Um, and, and this is when I invite people to constantly be in dialogue. I have a really dear friend who, um, <laughs> who when she was living in North, in, in the US, she was living in Colorado and I had done a steam schedule for her um, and included what she was invited into considering wearing, because sometimes people are going to be really indicated positively for wrapping yourselves in extra blankets and extra cloth so that you can accelerate the detox that the steam is inviting you into. Mm. For others, particularly those with any symptoms of excess heat in the body, we really want to invite you to be wearing really loose clothing, if any clothing at all, I would say, Mm. invitation for birthday suit season only. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just be with yourself. Um, And so she moved to Southern Mexico and she's like, I'm just getting so hot while steaming. I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
<laughs> we have to be in consideration of these shifting things. So extremely hot weather, whether that's seasonal um, or it's that you're in a different location is something to be mindful of. Um, and then also the consideration of what birth control you're using, mm. um, because some birth controls are functioning because they are creating a blockage with like around the cervix or in the uterus in some way. And um, so if that's the case, you would want to look into that and make sure you have a backup because if it's something that is creating mucus or barrier, that could be released through the steaming um, wow. and could make that birth control less effective. Um, and then within this realm, um, you really want to make sure that you have an understanding of how long it is that you want to steam for. So yes. those are like the big contra indications of times really to not steam. Mm. But then there are lots of folks who don't want to steam for more than 10 minutes. Okay. Um, and I can share with you a post I have on this that people can do a really easy like self-check for that. Um, but just if you're listening and super curious, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. if you have a short cycle, 27 days or less, um, again, back to steaming can invite in the bleed. We just don't want you, want you to experience the benefits of steaming, but we don't want you to steam for longer than the mild steam setup, which is 10 minutes if you do have those shorter cycles. Um, and then if you're prone to infections, this is a big one. Um, if you're prone to infections, you are advised to steam only for 10, 15 minutes because the steam is really helping you clear out that infection, but the body is already heating up to kill off the infection. So we wanna find the sweet spot of helping you clear out the infection without adding too much additional heat to the body, which is going to be counterproductive. Right. Um, so yeah, and then that's really it. We've covered the other ones, but those are things to be mindful of. And this is when we really get into it, Mary, of like, here is this like incredibly simple practice where she just said, all you do is sit basically <laughs> over heated water. <laughs> and, then <it's> like, <laughs> and then you scratch the surface and like, this is why. Oh, right. Can also said, start with a practitioner. <laughs> because yes. You can just save yourself so much time and stress. And it just really lets you drop into the practice in a guided way. And I too have often said to myself, oh, I'll figure it out on my own and right. whatever the practice is. Right. And so often three, six months, a year later, you think, oh man, I should have just, I I just booked that consultation. Right. <laughs> And, and I'm glad we're going through all of this because now listeners will know, yeah, I should just talk to a practitioner or work with a practitioner. This will be a lot easier because everyone's bodies are different. And what I love about everything that you listed, it sounds like a checklist, which is great. Okay. Um, what I love about it is that it's really important to be aware uh, not just your surroundings, like you mentioned, the climate, the weather, you know, but also being aware of your own internal body composition. Mm -hmm. um, as an Ayurvedic health advisor, that's very important with what you eat, you know, um, how you exercise, what you drink. And this is the same thing. You really just have to be aware of, do you run cold? Do you run hot? You mentioned if you if you naturally have a lot of heat in your system, that's something that you should be aware of. So I, I love how this all just um, reflects the, the Ayurvedic perspective of approaching health in a very 
holistic and, and conscious way. Yes. Yes. And I also invite us always to consider, you know, the days of the month to steam, that's going to also be impacted by the different time in your life and what your cycle is looking like um, at the moment. But generally you steam before, but not immediately before the bleed. And then you steam after the bleed. Once it's stopped, you do steam those Mm -hmm. three days immediately following the bleed. Um, And then at different strategic times in the middle of the month, depending on the ailments. So for fibroid cysts, endometriosis, you're going to be steaming a lot more than somebody who's steaming to maintain a balanced cycle. Um, For somebody with infections or BV, they're going to do like a stint, like a 10 day daily stint, most likely. So this just sort of sets up the wide variety, but the overarching (laughs) time to not steam is when you've checked in with your body. And for some reason there's a no. Mm. Um, And so that is the time also not to steam, you know? And so, and I have some folks say to me, you know, like, I'm not called to this practice right now, or it's like, Mm. okay, great. You are in that dialogue, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's a wider aspect of this practice. Um, And it's such an important one. And, um, and, you know, sometimes that's for us all to discern, like, is this resistance because Mm -hmm. I want to like avoid the benefits of this for some reason, (laughs) or is this genuinely like today is not the right time to steam. And then we often find out later, you know, it wasn't for quote unquote, really good reason. Like somebody Mm -hmm. ended up being pregnant or, um, it just wasn't a well-suited time for them. So that's a great point. Your intuition. Yes. Your intuition. Intuition. Um, I want, I wonder if it would make a difference in terms of the times of the day too. In, in Ayurveda, there's different times of the day based on the dosha. So 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. is pitta dosha. And that's like ruled by fire. Um, so it'll be hot in terms of the energetics. So now I'm thinking, I'm going to see how it feels to do it then and to not do it then. Oh, I'd be so fascinated by that. Because <laughs> part of me thinks, you know, most people are called to do it either in the morning or the evening, with most of us choosing to do it in the evening as a winding down practice, because yeah. it does drop you out of the mind and into the body and can be such a lovely thing to just crawl into bed afterwards in kind of that liminal space. Um, so so that's an interesting consideration because I think of that pitta time as like that fiery, like go, go, go. Mm-hmm. But this is almost more of a watery, yes, a watery, earthy energy, but sort yeah. of that watery, magical very kapha time. That's what, that's what sort of, I think is probably likely. So, but please report back. back. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Um, What do you recommend women do if you're, if they're curious about steaming, but don't want to necessarily invest in a whole setup yet? Yeah. Like, are there places where they can go to get this done? You mentioned they can do it themselves in a pot, but then they don't have the practitioner to guide them. So can you go into that? Yeah, I mean, you can do um, definitely a Google search. There are salons and Yoni Steam um, companies popping up all over, which is super exciting. And Mm -hmm. so 
just make sure that they do have the credentials that feel resonant with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because just like with any practice, um, we can just bring it back to yoga. You know, when you're searching for a yoga studio, you um, don't just go to one because it's right there, but mm-hmm. there's probably something about the website or the credentials of the teachers that have checked the boxes that are important to you. So mm-hmm. I would invite that similar level of consideration into deciding where to steam if you're going to a spa or salon. Um, and then there, um, through steamychick.com, she has a really cool map of practitioners um, all over the world. There are now wow. thousands. So you can find a local practitioner who will likely now, because we really do feel like, knock on wood, we're on the other side of this pandemic, there's a likelihood that they'll be able to either come to you or to have a, a setup that you can go to and experience mm-hmm. a steam that they set up for you, um, which is how I first steamed. And mm-hmm. I loved that experience. Um, if none of those are available, I do have the video about how to steam without a seat um, and you can do so at home. Um, and if particularly, um, if you're feeling strong in your body and you can hold a child's pose for about 10 minutes, um, you should be pretty good to, to sort of cons- be in consideration of if this is a practice that you want to deepen into before mm-hmm. investing in the, in the accoutrements that support that more regularly at home. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the options that come to mind. Mm, thank you. Appreciate that. Wow, um, there's, I'm, I'm just blown away with all this information. And because of that, I'm also kind of wondering like, why, where has this been, you know, all my life? Um, it, yeah. To me, it's, it sounds like something that has been around for a very long time. So why does it seem like it's gotten lost? Like specifically where we are here in the United States at least or in the West? Yeah. <sighs> This is an awesome question. It is also a big one, um, <laughs> which I am. <laughs> I am one of many voices here, but let me see if I can um, give a relatively succinct perspective on this and then we can go in whatever direction you feel called. But um, we had a major shift in the United States and, there, and the ripple effect was global in the late 1800s with the onsite of Western gynecology. Um, And with that origin story, we saw men in particular taking over what had for thousands and thousands of years been a midwifery model that centered women as healers of other women. Um, And the origin story of Western gynecology is, is very, concerning, um, which is not a strong enough word. Um, And I don't mention it to say all things of Western gynecology are bad, certainly not. But I do think origin stories often infuse other aspects of the development of um, whatever industry or subsection of medical practice it is, that we can often help connect the dots in ways to other experiences. So Mm -hmm. Um, Dr. Sims, Marion Sims, was is, is noted in gynecological books to this day as the grandfather of Western gynecology. And he was a person who enslaved and owned Black women in the South in the late 1800s. 
Um, this should carry a trigger warning if you're just not in the right, right place to hear this right now. Just yes. skip ahead, like give me five minutes, skip ahead five minutes. Yes, skip ahead. <laughs> um, but take care of yourself because sometimes this is like just the information you want to be in consideration of. And it's like, okay, I want this sort of grounding space and it's going to be empowering. And other times it's like, you know, I've had a really hard day and, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to circle back to it. So we'll give yes. that space for jumping ahead. Um, and so he did start performing the first gynecological surgeries on his enslaved women. Um, and that was in the late 1800s. And he performed numerous surgeries um, without anesthesia because that hadn't been quite um, yet perfected. Mm. Um, and when that was perfected, he actually moved up to New Jersey, opened the first gynecological clinic, started charging white women for services and blended the surgeries with the anesthesia. And that was really the creation of Western gynecology. Um, and at that time, we see an intersection with capitalism that hadn't been nearly as robust or present in women's health up until that time. And so we start seeing really women's health being focused around surgeries and new modalities that hadn't yet existed. Mm -hmm. Um, And to promote that, we also see the banishment, the fear mongering around midwifery practices. Mm -hmm. Um, So we move birthing from the home where it had been for hundreds, thousands of years into a hospital setting. Um, We move a reverence of the period into something that is highly medicalized and highly controlled um, through birth control um, in particular. Um, and so that's that's my belief why a lot of this wisdom was, it wasn't lost accidentally. It actually was lost really intentionally um, because there has been a lot of money made on this, mm-hmm. um, on the shift. Um, and there has been um, quite a cultural impact to disconnect women from our bodies in the way that we often are through um, through this mindset that they require different medications, different surgeries, different levels of fixing, if you will, mm-hmm. rather than starting at a point of this beautiful reverence and support and nurturing. Um, so. I don't know if that's the most articulate I've ever said that, but that's, yes. no, thank you. <laughs> that was, that was, that was perfect. Um, you did an amazing job providing us with a concise yet also informative explanation of my question. And I appreciate it because I know it's difficult to speak about because it's difficult to hear. Yeah. I, I literally felt chills when you mentioned the part with no anesthesia. Um, so I, I, I think it's, it's just so important for us to know that, to know why this has happened. And, and it's not a conspiracy. It's, it's just, you mentioned capitalism, money. That's what was really behind this, um, behind a lot of things. Um, so thank you for that. And also, go ahead. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, Mary, but um, connected to this is that steaming has been a practice that 
indigenous cultures all over the world have used. And yeah. so in so many ways, it is our universal ancestral medicine. Right. In other truths, because if you go far enough and back, you're going to find that your bloodline steamed. So for me, mm. I go far back, but I have to go a lot farther back to Northern British Isles, modern day Ireland mm-hmm. to find evidence of steaming. Mm. I'm going back hundreds, if not an additional thousand years to many women whose ancestry goes back to African descent. So what we do also see is that with the onset of Christianity in Europe, we see the banishment of earth-based spirituality, including midwifery practices. And we see practices like steaming being eroded through that fear-mongering, through that sense that what are the women the witches doing right it wasn't safe to do practices like steaming what we see is lots of ways in which steaming is now coming back into awareness in the united states right now is through black leadership because Mm. the steaming that was happening in the 16 1700s with the transatlantic slave trade was actually something that the communities of enslaved peoples were able to sustain and pass down amongst each other Mm. um, because it was happening in their living quarters um, and amongst sharing with granddaughters and um, nieces and and the like. And so that community also, uh, plenty of evidence to show that Black, Indigenous um, women of color have even more challenging, violent time navigating our Western medical systems. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to rely on a practice that you can do at home is that much more potently powerful and empowering. Um, And so it's been something that wasn't disconnected as far back ago and has an added relevance and benefit to continuing to pass along in our current construct of options. Um, Mm -hmm. You can, without, you know, once you do some upfront cost, we're talking about like an actual additional steam carries with it the cost of some herbs, right? And you can set it up really beautifully and safely in your home. And you don't need to go into this hierarchical dynamic that we have in Western medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, These are wonderful things for all of us to experience disenfranchised communities, certainly that much more so. Mm. Um, So, so grateful to the Black and Indigenous leadership that has provided this groundswell for more information and this practice to be spread more broadly um, and and lots to be in consideration of as we navigate that dual truth that we all have a bloodline Mm -hmm. connection to steaming and there are certain communities and individuals that we really need to hold extra reverence for as we engage with the practice. Yes, thank you to those communities, those beautiful, strong Black Indigenous women who are allowing us to to benefit from this in current modern day. Um, I love how you illustrated and communicated that to us. Want to be respectful of your time, Kit. So I'm going to ask you, what is one important thing you want to make sure that you leave us with today that you didn't touch on? 
wow. Well, we got to touch on so much. I was just going to thank you for the space to, <laughs> to drop in and go deep. Um, oh, so let me see. Um, actually, what's coming through is, is really the connection to the hope here. You know, these conversations bring me so much hope. Um, I can feel the emotion of that, the tears come up for it. Um, mm. We gather, we share information, we connect with each other, we connect with our bodies. And when it comes to the lived experience of being in a female body, most if not all of us go through some times of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. It can feel really challenging, particularly with certain diagnoses or frustrations and experiences. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I feel hopeful after connecting in these ways. And I just offer that the practice itself of steaming brings me a lot of hope. And that's one of the reasons it's such a joy to spread the information around it. Mm, beautiful. So if you are interested in purchasing your own Yoni steaming kit, definitely visit Katara Love, right? KataraLove.com. Yeah. And then Kit, you are also on Instagram as well. So yes, yes. I'm at by Katara, B-Y Katara. So it's B-Y-K-I-T-A-R-A. Um, and you can find me there. Um, I'm not sure when this will be released. Um, so I'll either I'm likely to get back to you like super fast if you DM me <laughs> or I'll be back to you in like four to six months. <laughs> my love for you is constant. Yes. <laughs> but my yes. ability to navigate being a first time mother <laughs> is, um, is coming up soon. So oh, it is a very fun, interesting journey. Is all I can say. It's, yeah. it's beautiful on its own. So thank you so we much. Do, I should say too, I do have support in place. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh no, is the company on pause or something? It won't be. My DM yeah. might take a little bit longer, but I have wonderful people making sure that orders are fulfilled and community yes. questions get answered and all of that. So we're you, here. We're here. You can still get your, your seat. Yes. Steaming kit. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kit. I really appreciate your time and your energy, um, especially during this time, being 37 weeks along. So <laughs> have a great day. I'll make sure to put all of Kit's links in the notes so that you can just easily look her up and look up Katara. Thank you so much, everybody. I will see you next time. <laughs>